Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. And today I have a special guest on. His name is Luke Hansen, and he's the founder and CEO of the construction industry software Company Cam. Now, Company Cam started back in 2015 and now serves tens of thousands of contractors across the globe and has been used to document information in the field for over 5 million projects to date. So I'm super excited to dive in here with Luke and find out what Company Cam is and how it can impact your business and make things easier and more profitable for you. So without any further ado, Luke, welcome to the show. Joshua, thank you for having me. I'm pumped. Yeah, no, I can't wait to dig into this. It sounds like a really cool technology. I was, I have to admit, I was uh, sneaking around a little on your website before we got on here to see what this does. And so before we get into all the good, uh, you know, all the good features and functions and why you should buy this, uh, let's, uh, let's go into a little bit about your past. Let's, you know, how did you get into this? Were, were you in the industry? Like, how did you start out, man? Yeah, so I am in Lincoln, Nebraska. So grew up Midwest. Um, my dad started a roofing company kind of accidentally, uh, like the year before I was born. And mm. so he, he was trying to be like a coach. He got a master's degree and to be like a trainer. And because of, I mean, I'm 37 or 38, <laughs> I had a birthday last week, carry the one, like the early eighties turned out, wasn't a great time to like a job market, I guess. And so he just started working construction, you know, cause he had grown up on a, on a farm and it was just kind of like, yeah, you just, just move, just go. Mm-hmm. And so he growing up, he ran a local roofing company here. And so I grew up, you know, I remember playing catch with him when he would come home from work, like at six or whatever, been just roofing houses, him and his, his partner, just getting it done. And when I was like, I don't know, 13, 14, 12, maybe I, I think from like a slightly illegally young age, (laughs) I was like cleaning up job sites and Mm -hmm. then you graduated to like tearing off the shingles and then you graduated to nailing down the shingles. And then, you know, from, from then to about the age of 30 worked for him most of the time, you know, in in college, dropped out of college, went back to college, got a degree, traveled a little Mm -hmm. bit, just kind of bounced around, but always, always worked for my dad's contracting business up until 2015 or really it was 2014 when we started working on this idea and I was managing our uh siding and gutter division and mm-hmm. we we really knew roofing you know when you're expert at something you've done it a ton you, you don't you don't need the checklist every time yeah. you just you know what to look for you see things and you're like ooh we got to worry about that and we had that knowledge in roofing, but we didn't have it as much in the gutters and the kind of the siding part. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to get everyone to take a ton of pictures to, um, so that we could coordinate so that we could plan, we could look at them because we were just doing dumb stuff. We'd like bring a ladder that wasn't tall enough or, um, the wrong color of gutter coil, like things that 
um, had we looked at a picture and cute clearly communicated, we would not have made that mistake. But the problem was trying to get all these pictures from everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. We, you know, we tried to use Dropbox. Uh, This is back in the day when people would hand you that like micro memory SD card Mm -hmm. and then you would put it in the bigger (laughs) SD card and then you put that in your computer. And so I had like, so classic, you know, small contracting business. I was also the head of marketing. And so Mm -hmm. I had a, you know, 20,000 photos on my computer that were all named like image underscore four, seven, one, six type of a thing and couldn't find stuff. Couldn't, couldn't coordinate properly. We would just make these dumb communication mistakes. And I kept thinking, okay, we just need to capture this, these photos, videos, stuff, organize it by the address so that we can just find it later. That, that is it. Like if we can find it later, then, um, we can, we can share it. We can coordinate it on it. If, if we get blamed for some property damage, um, which, you know, happens periodically and half the time you don't even know if it was your fault or if it wasn't, or if it was already like that, it was like, we just need to find it. So mm-hmm. that's when I started thinking of company cam. I just, I realized we're carrying around these supercomputers in our pockets that have cameras and GPS attached to them. Like, like we should be able to all go out and take pictures that organize under the address so we can find them. That, that was the initial starting point. And what I really was trying to do there was say, without adding extra thinking or organization to anyone's plate, right? Mm-hmm. Because we tried to do the folders in the Dropbox thing, but like when your job is repairing roofs or like putting in, um, you know, uh, stone walls or something, organizing things in the Dropbox and remembering to document it and upload it and put it in the right folder. And if it doesn't exist, you got to create it. Like a lot of people can do it. They're sharp often, but they forget it's the last Mm -hmm. least most important thing. And I knew that if we didn't make it almost simple and automatic and like leave no room for excuses that it just wouldn't get done and it wouldn't matter. So that's really that that's how I kind of grew up and got into the contracting business and then started company camp. I love it. I love it, dude. And it's, it's funny because you mentioned about your dad where you started out and you graduated to doing shingles after you're doing the as you're growing <laughs> up. And and I I still remember a picture that my mother took of my brother and I. He's about 18 months younger than me. And my father, you know, has always built things his whole life. And we were young. We did the same. And he put us on a roof. We were probably seven or eight at the time, maybe nine max. I'd actually probably even younger than that, whatever. We got up there and because the roof wasn't that heavily pitched, he actually nailed, he nailed our jeans to this roof so we couldn't fall off. And he went up working on the roof and we sat there with hammers and nails and banging on things, right? But it was, it was a flatter roof, not straight flat. But, that's, yeah. You know, we still have the picture awesome. of it. And I'm like, man, that's, it's, it's funny because most of you wouldn't think anybody would do that anymore, but that's how, that's why I'm not afraid of those things. And that's why we can do all of that stuff because we were. Well, <laughs> times have changed a little, but it, it, that, that, the kind of idea of like, Hey, these kids also don't want to fall off the roof. Like I've yeah. let my kids get on like my back porch roof, which is really mm-hmm. low pitch. And it's like eight, 10 feet off the ground, low pitched. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to fall. Like they don't no. want to mess around at the edge, you know? And, but I, my wife's always nervous whenever I do this, but I'm like, look, you got to <laughs> learn sometime. And, right. uh, but yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> No, but it's, it's good stuff though. You know, and then we have to obviously do that same thing with our parents, our kids too, and get them out there and get them used to it and all of that. And just keep moving that along. But no, I love the story and you saw a problem and you fixed it. Now, um, I know that was something with us, you know, doing outdoor living now for the last 25 years is I take all these pictures. And I I'm old enough, 
you know, Luke to have, and you, you're probably not too, cl- not too far away. You know, I'm 43. So had, you know, when they had a one megapixel uh, camera, remember uh, that? I'm right? way younger than you, dude. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no. You just had a birthday. So <laughs> yeah, I'm 38. Yeah. So you, yeah, yeah. a half decade. Yeah. Exactly. Basically but, the same age once you're uh, over 35. This is true. It's all the same. We all go to bed at nine o'clock. But anyway, the point is that uh, we have the camera and I go around taking these pictures, thought I was, you know, the uh, hot potatoes here running around, snapping all these pictures and they're all in this memory card and trying to go back. And then the phones came out and you took tons of pictures there, but you couldn't, you're always scrolling back through your private pictures, your business pictures, your blah, blah, blahs, and you're going through yep. them. And I love this idea where you go into the app and boom, you can just keep everything, you know, in that GPS coordinate. That's just so good. I mean, that was the, that, that, Yes. The original just fundamental idea was you need to be able to find it. If you can't find it really fast and really easily and know that you will be able to find it. Right. Just like even before you have to go looking, oh, if I ever need this, I absolutely know that I'll be able to find it. That was crucial. And that's where that. So we use the GPS. We use it to grab the address. And so we store everything by the address. And the idea is like most contractors most of the time or, 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 or remembering and organizing things by location, by address. Yeah. I mean, you can put a customer name in there and stuff, but it's like, oh yeah, that customer might move, but we are, our hardscaping is not moving. It's staying yes. at that address that, that we put in what we, once we got it all in this app though, um, and you were taking pictures in the app and it was all organized and you knew you could find it. Um, it wasn't, Again, it's organized, but it's not buried in folders. And we came Mm -hmm. to this realization, which is not where we started. Like we started with the, you got to be able to find it. And then we realized, wow, once you can kind of pull it out of folders and deliver it in like a feed, just like a photo feed for your company, Mm -hmm. or we, and now we call it the project feed where it just shows you, um, every project in the order of when it was last updated with photos and all the recent photos from it. So you can just kind of watch the work get done. You kind of know where everything's at. Mm -hmm. We realized that that was super powerful. Like we found ourselves just looking at this all day and going, Oh, like Adam, good. Adam got that material dropped off over there. Oh, awesome. It looks like Jose's going to finish a little early this afternoon. Like just that seeing it all in front of you, instead of having to go look for something was Mm -hmm. It was it it wasn't what we expected, but it became like the most valuable piece. Like people know when they're disorganized. If you're disorganized and you can't find things, you know, in the sense of like files and folders, you become aware of that pretty quickly. Like I'm so disorganized, I don't even try to maintain a folder structure. I just name everything with enough search terms so that if I have to type <laughs> it in, like yeah, I know, yeah. like think I'll get a hit on it because I know that I'm not going to be like, oh, that follows this structure. But that's I, I'm a catastrophe in that regard. Um, but that's a problem people are aware of. Once we got this, I, I, I've called it like kind of visual communication in real time. It's like this, you don't have to go calling people, texting people, driving around nearly as often when it's kind of all just coming in all day and you mm-hmm. just pull your phone out or your most people at, at now my dad's office. And we see this at customers' offices all the time. They just have like TVs up on the wall with company cam, just photos just kind of popping in on these TVs all day, um, hmm. showing like what's happening out in the field. That, that no, no one wants to go from knowing more to knowing less. Like once, mm. once you're, once you have that at your fingertips and you can see it, you don't want to go back to not having that. And that was something yeah. we quite honestly just blindly stumbled into luckily. And it ended up being the thing that was 
kind of like the, the much more powerful feature than just having it organized. I mean, you have to have it organized, but yeah. that, and then, you know, you can kind of communicate and write, write tech and almost like Facebook, you can comment and you can at mention people on the photos and you can draw on the photos really easily with, with, you know, call out what needs to be done. Um, but yeah, that, that visual communication element is, is crucial because the hard part of, a, of any contracting business is the actual day-to-day -day management of mm -hmm. all that's going on. Like people think, cause I have people pitch me on like startup ideas all the time now. And tons of them are around like, Oh, well we can like get all these leads and we can do this whole thing. And like, look, that's not, it's not like it's so easy to get leads, but it's easier to get more leads than it is to do more work because mm. doing it and coordinating it and staying on top of it and having the accountability is just hard. And I can say like, we have 185 employees here now at, the, at our, at our, uh, at company cam, you know, which is a tech company. We make an app that is so much easier to manage than if we were doing 25 different projects, um, or, or, you know, catching three different service calls a day. It's just really hard to stay on top of all of that. And I, people who don't do contracting or have never done any variety of it, don't really, they don't really understand how much is kind of like going on. And just that being on top of it is like a full-time job in and of itself. hundred percent, dude, hundred percent. And, and that's what the toughest part is trying to educate our clients to realize what actually goes on behind the scenes, you know, just to make it happen. Now, question for you is going from roofing into tech, like how do you even start that? I'm curious how you go from swinging hammers and hanging, you know, shingles and gutters and all that to being like, all right, I'm getting into tech. How do you build a team? Like, how does that even work? Yeah. Well, you, you stumble blindly forward and try not to be total moron. Uh, but yeah. th it, it, that's the basic principle. No. So I, I mean, I've always loved like things, how they work. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like even just apps, I, I don't write code, you know? So I come from, I studied like I, in my bio, I went to college, dropped out, went back. So I studied mechanical engineering dropped out. I had way too many credits. I lit a lot of my parents' money on fire there, went back. <laughs> um, but I always liked trying to like understand things and had probably a, I don't know, I don't want to say arrogant because I don't think that's true, but you know, you, you look at things and you're like, oh, this could be better. This app could be better. Or why doesn't it work like this? Or, and mm -hmm. a lot of that is just, especially with things like apps, we all use them so much that you, we kind of know how they should work and you can kind of imagine if you were going to make an app, well, what, mm -hmm. what, what would you see on the screen? What would you do? You know, so that step isn't so hard just to imagine if you had an app, what that would be. Um, what's hard is the, the making that a reality. And so at the time I hired a, what I would call a, a local dev shop. Um, some guys that build software for companies, you know, you can hire them and they'll make you They'll just make something for you. Now, generally it's for like kind of inner office kind of stuff, you know, like, mm -hmm. or, or big enterprises, you know, they need some little piece of software to do something. And so I hired them to build kind of the MVP. They'll like, does this do anything for us? The minimum viable uh, product. Then they did that and it was working for us, but I realized, okay, we have more potential here. And if we want to turn this into a real company, we've got to have people who are really like really motivated and really interested in the long-term success, right? Like 
we're that we're all we're not just trying to check a list of things to get done today that like we're in it for the long haul. Like we want it to be good next year and the year after. And, you mm-hmm. know, we're not out the door tomorrow. And so um, I the the hardest part was finding that first couple people when you have basically nothing, you have no customers, you have no proof. You're running on basically belief that it mm-hmm. can be something. And um, luckily I kind of hustled around and went to these startup events and I ended up meeting our first employee. Who's our, who's our CTO right now, kind of our head engineer, mm-hmm. um, at one of these events. And I was just pitching people like, Hey, we've got this thing. Like, um, we're looking for people, you know, and, and luckily I won't say lucky. Cause it, there's all, there is an element of luck. Like you can get unlucky, which usually, hopefully if you're persistent enough, luck being unlucky just sets you back in time. It doesn't mm-hmm. kill you. Right. And so, um, we, gosh, I'm, I feel like I'm losing my train of thought here. Um, when you're starting out, you have to not only have like the idea of the product and what you want, but you have to be able to convince other people picture a software engineer, they are in high demand right now. Let me tell you, they make a lot of money. They're hard to hire and, and you have to sell them. And it, maybe you have to, the first people you have to sell, um, is yourself. Like, can, mm-hmm. should I quit whatever I'm doing? Should I really put as much into this as I think? So, okay. Can you convince yourself? Step one. Um, and that might mean yourself, your wife, it, it, it might not just be you, but your, you and your family. Yep. Step two is, can I convince anyone else? You know, can I, can I help some other people see and believe what I see and believe is possible here? And so that would be maybe employees, co-founders, um, would be the next step. Then if you can't convince yourself and you can't convince anyone else, then you're not going to convince investors. And a lot of people start thinking investors as step one. And I think that's like step three in, in the kind of like starting in the belief in the future. If you can fully commit yourself and you can find other people to work with you on it, like good people that believe in it also, then I think you will be able to convince investors, at least at first, that Mm -hmm. it's something worth trying. And that is the sort of three crucial steps to then at least getting yourself kind of like on the playing field and ready to learn the rest of it on the fly. So that's roughly how I came in. Just you know, the big benefit that I had was that, um, my dad, our family roofing business, my two brothers who worked there, we all believed in it. Like, and it wasn't just me, like they believed, Hey, this is something that people need that's going to be valuable. And so we did not have to raise investor money right away. We self-funded it. Hmm. Um, and, and just, and got going and we were able to pay a couple employees and get up and running. And then, um, hustling out and meeting those early employees and quite honestly, getting lucky. Like our first, our CTO, uh, Chad, again, who's still here. I didn't know how to vet an engineer. I mean, I asked around people liked working with them, thought he was smart, (laughs) but he's fantastic. Couldn't find a better person to be your first engineer at a company. So there's an element of kind of Mm -hmm. catching it the right way, but a lot of it is keeping moving forward and then clearly understand the difference between failing and quitting because you will for sure fail many times at first you'll fail 
to, to convince an employee or a co-founder. You'll fail to sell an investor. You'll fail in what you think your product should be in certain ways. But like what that isn't quitting. You can keep going and not quit. And I think a lot of people, they fail a time or two and then they quit because they feel like they've, they are a failure, you know, whereas I think failure is just, it is like a bunch of inevitable steps along the way. And yeah. what you can control is whether you quit or not. Sorry, that got a little out of hand. No, I love that. Dude. <laughs> That's kind of where we started. You're spot on. It's exactly it though, because, you know, to fail is an event. To quit is a choice, mm. right? So it, you're going to yes, fail, especially, especially if you're breaking ground like you are. You're taking an idea that's in your head and you're a lot like me that way because I'm like, I have an idea. I have no fucking clue how how these 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 tech guys do this stuff, how this works, how the, I don't know and I don't need to. All I need to know is how the user interface is going to look, what I need the features and functions to be because they don't have that piece and I do. And they, you know, then you can be like, all right, let's, let's make this work. Let's get together. Let's collaborate and bring something amazing to the world. Take your analytical mind and I'll take my practical, you know, mind of, of actually using it and put them together and you build something beautiful. So that's, it's huge, dude. It's huge. Now on the subject of mindset, working through some of these different, uh, I call them learning experiences over failures, but they are right. You're learning as you're moving forward. How did you, how did you manage that inside of yourself when you have, you know, family money on the line a lot, I'm sure to do this and get it going and having to believe in this. Cause I know it is tough in the beginning when you're starting something brand new in a brand new sector, it's like, holy crap, I don't know a lot. I have to live on hope and faith. How do you get through that from doing roofing into that kind of hope and faith? That's a great question. I mean, some of it is probably like irrational belief and confidence, you know, like I was, I was just certain that this was valuable. Like it was viable. You don't know how big or to how many people really, but like I knew that it was helping us and I knew that it was something that, that like needed to exist that much. I knew. And I thought, okay, that I feel very confident in. Now, whether we can execute this or someone else is going to beat us or something, there, there's still uncertainty. But I think that that belief in this is a thing that people need. And I, I know that and I'm committed to that was mm-hmm. was very important. And then, yeah, like you just I, like you said, learning experiences, a, a, a startup is one big experiment, right? There's not a formula there's tons of blogs, there's tons of books, there's tons of principles, you know, but when it comes down to it, you're just trying things. Should we do Facebook ads or should we try to go to trade shows or should we do both? Or should we add this feature or this feature? Or should we, I mean, there's just like a million of these kind of questions that things that you're dealing with regularly that you just have to it sounds like the most unhelpful thing. You just have to like decide and just keep moving forward with that kind of like short memory. I mean, you want to learn the lessons, but like you don't want to like you don't want to tell yourself the story of failure. Oh, no, like mm. that didn't work. So therefore we are a failure or anything. And I think for me, it were the idea was good enough that we didn't have to do it perfectly for us to be still succeeding even slowly. You know, like yeah, yep. I remember when we would get like a new customer, like if we got a customer, that was a great day, you know? And yep. I think yesterday we added like 58 new companies to use company cam, you know? And and That's so amazing. Yeah. It, it, 
it is, it is, it's all, I'm really excited about it, but it, 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 you know, there was tons of times where I felt like, Oh, this isn't like, we should be doing better. This other company is growing faster. And you you can get in that, like comparing yourself to other things and people. And that's, that is a, it's a dangerous place to be because there's really no winning. Like no matter how good you are, there's someone better than you, faster than you, smarter than you, um, Mm -hmm. something. And I, I just, yeah, I rem- I think partly I want to credit my parents, let's say, is that I just believed that we were going to do it and that I was capable of doing it. But, but more than that, I knew I would be embarrassed if I failed, but I also knew that like, that I would be fine. Meaning yeah. we, the, it's like kind of keeping your life in the proper perspective. Like, like if, if I lose money for my parents, which it would look, that would, it would not have been a good thing, but they're not going to go be out on the street starving. I'm going to be okay. Like I was really, and I believe this, like I would have been fine if this thing would have failed, I would have been embarrassed. I wouldn't have liked it, but I, I know that I would have been fine and kind of, there's something about keeping that like, perspective that allows you to not get really down on yourself or to kind of really pile on the, the negative because you've kind of, you've boxed in the, the downside and the upside and you've like committed to the fact that they're both okay. Almost, you know, like, and that like, uh, I don't, I'm getting too deep in psychoanalyzing here, but sometimes I feel like I talk to people when you have a company, you have people and people have problems, right? Yeah. And yep. the, well, oftentimes if someone's got a problem or something, it, I'll say, Hey, like, what are the 10 most important things to you in the world and your life? Mm-hmm. Is this thing in the top? Is this one of those? No. Yeah. Is it in the top hundred things? Probably not. And, and like, there's something about that, like maintaining that perspective on your life that, that like it gives you the space to operate where you can, you can all, you can get too, uh, you can't see me. I'm squeezing my fist. You get too (laughs) tight and you, you like suffocate yourself with the whole thing Mm -hmm. and, um, really avoided that even when I wanted to, at some point, I mean, one of the local kind of, uh, I don't want to say who it was, but like there was a person at one of these startup events that basically told me, I think you're doing a bad job. I don't think you're the right person to be running this company. You should be doing better. Um, kind of a version of this. And I was just like, hmm, well, that doesn't feel good. And I do feel like I'm doing a bad job, but you know, what does this guy know? I don't even think he's running a company. I don't think he even has, like, he's just here telling me what to do. And it, it yeah, sorry. I'm trailing off here to basically say, don't, don't quit until it's f- it's fully done if you believe in it until you don't believe in it right yeah. a lot of other people cannot believe in it but if you still believe in it then you should not be quitting um until you don't believe in it then all bets are off man i love that it's it's so true and you know i've started many companies and it's it's a freaking launch in the beginning people who haven't have no idea what it's like the the amount of horsepower it takes to launch something especially in a tech space right that's it's a whole different animal that's not something i've done yet but it's a whole i, I hear stories i've talked to others and it is it is unbelievably challenging uh because it's it's not just it's not just money it's not just 
everything else. It's speed. It's how fast does mm. the, the entire yes. world pick it up? Does somebody else come in above you that has you know a bigger company that says, yeah, I'm just going to put that little widget on my app already and you're out because they can just offer it as an extra add-on for free. And you're like, shit, now I'm out. So you put all this energy, blood, sweat, and tears into it. And then you're like, okay, someone just knocked me off. <laughs> it's not going to work, right? So yeah, but you just got to have that, that drive. So my big question for you is where do you find that drive to keep going when it feels like everything is down? Where do you dig in? What do you think of when it get, things get tough? How do you keep moving? I'll tell you what. Yeah, it's funny that sometimes that feeling isn't even really connected to how things are really going. You know, like it, it's almost like there were times where honestly, it was just like, I decided to do this. It's not actively failing. It's not going as good as I want it to. We're spending money. You know, it doesn't. I, one time my four-year-old, well, he's now nine. When he was four, came home from my parents' house. You know, his grandparents, they were watching him. And he said, dad, why doesn't company cam make any money? When's it going to make money? <laughs> and I was like, what is Nana been telling you over yeah. there? It's just bad mouth of me. But you know, when it's, and so like, to me, it was like, I, I, I believed in what was possible in the sense that I knew that we had something valuable and that it was just, it was more, it wasn't so much, is this worth anything? It was like, we are, we need to do a better job of like selling, of growing of and So it was like, kind mm -hmm. of just like that impetus to do more experiments and to try more things rather than, you know, we just have nothing and, and we don't know what to do, but the more the, the farther you go as you're growing and you get more and more people that becomes its own motivator. Right. So meaning now it's not, Oh, if this thing uh, peters out or something that I'll just be embarrassed. And that would be, which originally that's almost what it is. I'll lose money. Mm -hmm. I'll lose money for my family and I'll be an embarrassment. Cause I tried to do something that I failed at, you know, that, that, that kind of story. And now it's, I mean, there's a lot of people, there's 185, we call it 182 families. Cause we got a couple of people hooking up over here, uh, <laughs> uh, that are, that are, uh, that are relying on this, you know, and, and, and that like that it's almost like a following through on a commitment. We have committed to doing this and, and I want to see that through. So that's an element. And the other is like, I just don't feel like we're there. We have succeeded wildly beyond what I ever thought we could, quite honestly, way more than I ever considered. I mean, in any realistic way that we could. That being said, it's almost like in a video game when you're in the you're looking at the map and you're moving around the world and the map is like all black at first. You can't see anything. Mm -hmm. And then you're exploring and it's kind of like you're opening up areas of the map and you feel like you can see more that's like, that's what it feels like moving forward, at least in this business. It's like, oh, now that we're, the further we go down the road, the the further that, you, that, that we can see and we can see what's possible. And I feel like there is so much more that's possible now. And what really motivates me, I mean, I want to make money. I want, like, there's a lot of things that I want, but what really is exciting to me is the idea that we could make it happen, that this thing mm. that we think is possible, we could actually accomplish it and do build it and do it and kind of like change the market and make it happen. That is really exciting to me. And, and I think as long as I'm looking forward and seeing that there's something out there that, that is, that is important and but also possible that we could do. And we're sort of creating in that direction. 
I want to keep doing it where I know for me and my life and personality, if it, when a thing becomes just like a maintenance and trying to kind of like extract the maximum and you see this with software companies, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, they used to do something interesting. Now they're just trying to squeeze every dime out of every user, you know, cause they're not really innovating anything anymore. That is just fundamentally uninteresting to me. And I don't really want to do it. I, I love the, like, how could we do this thing and trying to build towards that? So that a, a combination of there's so much more I, th- I think is still possible and that it's that there's a whole bunch of people committed to trying to make it happen. And that's just really fun when you're all working together, trying to make something happen. You're on a mission together and, you know, it becomes so much bigger than you. Like you have ideas, you have visions, things like that. But when you get a whole bunch, as you said, 182 families that are involved with this, it takes on a life of its own. And, you know, and, and to be the leader of that, it's got to be really feel really good, you know, to be able to guide and, and direct. Now, you mentioned a few times here about, you know, selling team members and ideas and, and pitching, you know, uh, investors and things like that. How important is it to be able to communicate well and understand how to present ideas? You know, because we often talk in this podcast about selling, you know, obviously we just express in our sales processes and all that. But at the end of the day, it's communication. You don't just sell shit to people. You actually guide them in a direction. And you can do that when you can understand what's in it for them and how to present it to them so they can see it easily. Right. Um, Not to be malicious or anything like that, but just to say, hey, look, instead of you trying to do the math, let me do the math for you and the, the answer so that you can see it for yourself and move forward. So how did you get those skills? Are you still working on those skills and how effective or how important is it as, as a business owner and a leader to have that type of skill set? Oh, I think it's crucial. But it, I say that I, I think that I'm, I don't know, better than I am. I don't know. I, I like people love to talk about things that they like and that make them sound smart. And basically, if you really love something and you really believe in something, you're going to sell it to other people But yeah. it, 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 with all sorts of, oh, I love this restaurant. Oh, my gosh, they've got the best. Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, someone's selling you someone else's product because they mm-hmm. love it and they believe in it. And I think like, that's kind of what sits at the bottom is that when you really believe in something, um, you'll sell it to people in a sense for free. And it doesn't feel like like sales like it doesn't. Or, See, I don't think badly of sales sales to different people gets kind of like a bad rap or maybe at times deserved. But just in general, um, you're helping people see as a guide how their situation can be better, how they can move from what the state they're in to a state they want to be in type of a thing. Mm -hmm. And so that true belief in I actually think this is possible and I'm trying to paint that picture to help you see how this is also possible is really what I like what I tried to do, but I wasn't particularly, I, I didn't have a formula and I don't think I'm a particularly good salesperson when it comes to mainly because I'm, I'm lazy and I don't follow the structure very well, you know, and I talk too much, quite honestly, uh, I don't listen as much as I should, <laughs> but that I was, I was just really excited and I was convinced that this will be so there it's funny one of our employees uh same shared he's awesome but he said back in 2014 
He's like, you would not shut up about Bitcoin and company cam. And he's like, and I really should have listened to you. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was like, well, those are the two things I was excited about. And I, and apparently I was uh, hawking them to every acquaintance I had, you know, mm-hmm. at the time. And so I guess to me, like that, that belief is crucial. And then we, all people think in stories, you know, numbers and facts and all these things that they're really helpful. I mean, I love math. I've got a math minor, uh, uh, actually I, I like, I love spreadsheets that that's all crucially important, but we aren't, we are people and people like how we learn about ourselves and how to be almost like a better version of ourselves or to to move in the direction that we want to go is through stories. Mm-hmm. We read stories, we hear stories, we tell each other stories and the better that you can be, the better you can get at telling a story and communicating what you're trying to communicate in the form of a story, the easy it easier it will be for people to to hear it, to take it in and to repeat it, like to put it to work and to tell it to other people. Yeah. Um and it's you know you're I, again, I'm not in any sort of sales coach, but you're not going to walk in and just tell someone 17 numbers in three facts or something like that. No, you're trying to answer their questions and help them basically help communicate the story of how this is going to get them from A to B, from where they are now to where they want to be. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have any tips here other than to just like, maybe even just read stories and appreciate them for I appreciate that sounds bad uh to think about them from like the kind of the structural perspective like at one time we did that story brand mm-hmm. uh sure. if you've heard of that Donald Miller, and yeah. that was yeah Donald Miller's story brand was helpful in understanding kind of the structure of a story so that if you were missing something or we I, I was talking to our head of brand that's who i was talking to right before this podcast and we were talking about how we're communicating the value of company camp to our customers and just reiterating this idea that you in your mind you're the hero of your story but to anyone that you're talking to you if you're telling a story in which you're the hero you're the main character it's all about you um that's not motivating to anyone Mm. it the story needs to be about them so if you're hiring a CTO or, you know, or a, someone to be, it's not, oh, I, we are going to be so great. I'm so awesome. This company is amazing. It's like, no, what, what is, what are you going to be? What's possible for you? I think you can be an incredible app designer. I, you know, that type of thing. And remembering that in that story, you're not the hero. You're the, the guide who's helping someone see the path to follow what the possible future is crucial. So, so that was convoluted. I'm here telling a bad story about telling stories, <laughs> but <laughs> the, right. the, the, the it. believing it and the, yeah. and remembering that it's not about you, it's about them, especially if you're yeah. selling is yeah, it's gotta be it. But I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to carry on one more second here. When it comes to investors, um, you, 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 you have, they don't, they see all sorts of businesses. They, they think about numbers, lots of other things, but really if it's kind of the first investment, like a seed investment, you know, or kind of right when you're starting out, you are selling a story, you are selling a vision of the future 
and what's possible there. And that is, that is like a, you need to paint that picture for them. And if you run at them with numbers or this, or like that stuff, it just isn't that compelling. People want to be a part of something. And so it, yeah, that storytelling crucial all the way around. Absolutely, dude. No, we love listening. And that's why for you know, millions of years, sat around fires and and t- told stories of the day of the hunt of the feast of the, you know, what happened 100 years ago, all of that stuff. And that's humans love story to invite them into a story, as you know, Donald Miller says, is a very powerful way to get engagement for sure. Um, now, you did mention a few times about, you know, when you say you found this amazing restaurant, it's, it's just in our nature as humans to just want to go share it, to tell all their friends about it. And like, man, you got to go have this experience. And because when you share, you magnify, you, ex- you expand upon that great experience because now others can have it as well. And, you know, it's such a critical piece of this and we do it naturally. So to be thinking more, you know, directly and thinking like, wait a minute here, how can, you know, if I love company cam, I want to tell everybody about it. So why not build a business where you're focused on the end user really having a great time and then they sell and share naturally because as humans, we want to do that because it solves a major problem for them, but it's equipping them, i.e. whoever your customer is with the knowledge and how to do that, the story to your point on mm-hmm. how to sell your product. And they're going to do it naturally because they want to. It's, it's what we want to do as humans. So, you know, giving them that, that making it really easy for them is going to be super important. Now, um, I'm very interested in the product itself, you know, the app itself. Walk me through a little bit. So the listeners out there, a lot of them are uh, either new in the outdoor living business or they've been around forever or somewhere in between. And I don't know how they manage pictures now. I know we've had issues with that over the times and, you know, they always end up on my my uh, camera roll and I might just go in there and look back 15 minutes to find that one picture. And I have other, you know, team members who have pictures and tell me a little bit about how this centralizes yeah. it. And if I'm a, if I'm a contractor, how, how does this help? me like what's the big like oh my like god i have to have this what is it apps okay sales pitch ready set so the organization (laughs) right you know really we are trying to remove all the friction from the person in the field they don't have to think they're capturing information so that you have it so that you can cover your butt so that you can see what's going on in real time and the amount of times you just catch a problem before it manifests into a bigger problem when when you mm-hmm. get that stream of photos and information flowing to you that is yep. just super important um you uh the coordination piece is crucial but really what the app does is when you go out to any project it uses your gps and it's like oh it looks like you're at whatever address you know and you yep that's where i am you take the photos they're all going to organize under there everyone that goes out from your company you're going to get this unified timeline day by day of everything that was happening out at that project so you come back in five years and you're like oh yeah jim was over there on march 26 2022 and it looks like he you know added a couple uh drain tiles or you know whatever mm-hmm. um you just have that visual history which is really crucial now there's a bunch of there's a bunch of associated features because we see what you're capturing in the field as a resource for your business. That's mostly untapped, right? You you're out documenting what's going on. And most people are just trying to like roughly cover their butt or to communicate with someone really quick. And they're not putting their content to work for their business. And so we have several ways to do that. One is we call it the, the perfect before and after camera. So any photo that you have, 
uh, whether you took it with our app or anywhere, you can use that as the before photo and it will like kind of ghost it over the screen and outline it so that you can line up that after photo and take the perfect before and after. And then it lays them out side by side. You can pick all these different templates and we're basically it's like, how do we make it really easy for you to output a before and after of your work without having to go into Photoshop or, you know, do anything like that. So that's one thing. Um, we have what we call our showcases and it's a way for you to publish your work directly to your website. So you, you do a project top to bottom, um, with like two clicks, you can publish that directly to your website. It runs the, it puts these little cards on there, almost like Airbnb. It looks really sharp so that when a customer goes to your website, they can easily browse through your work and your different projects. They can filter them by what kind of project it was, by what materials you used. We're trying to make it, okay, we have this resource of photos. I mean, do you know how to get into your website and like update a bunch of stuff? Maybe you seem pretty sharp, but (laughs) most people don't. don't. And so all you got to do is install this, you know, any install this little thing. It takes like five minutes, if that. And then from our app, you can just be publishing everything to your website. And nice. instead of people having to go to house or Pinterest, I mean, look, there's still a use case for those places, but we want people to land on your website and be able to sell themselves to look mm-hmm. through it. Oh, I really like what they did over here, over here. And our constant thought is every step that we cut out of a process of something that you would want to do if you had the time to do it, like, would you want to show off all of your work on your website or almost all of it if there was no time involved and no headache? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we're, we're doing that now. We also, sorry, I'm, I'm running through a lot of features here. Um, we just released this kind of photo uh, to-do list functionality where you can create these standard uh, to-do lists and easily check things off and take photos kind of as one seamless experience. So maybe when you're estimating something, you need certain 26 photos and you need to answer these five questions. Uh, you can standardize that in company cam, capture all the photos, uh, make sure everything is done. Nothing got forgotten. And um, you're, And you're just, our whole company mission is to build trust through truth and transparency. It's what we're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And you, as a, if you're running a business, you want to be able to trust that the work is getting done, that they showed up, that they're doing it right, that they're a million different things about what's going on in that site that you can't be at. And so we, we see the photos and the videos and what you're capturing out in the field as the facts on the ground. That's the truth. So you're capturing the truth on the ground. Company cam helps you transparently communicate that through your organization in this feed. Everyone can see it. There's kind of this accountability to it's all public in your company. Nothing's hidden. Mm-hmm. Now you can hide some stuff, but you know, you can, you have a little bit of access control if you want certain people not to be able to access things, but just in general, the default setting is you have this public feed inside of your company, just for your company, that you can see what's going on. And that kicks up the accountability and it kicks up the trust. And if you can trust the work that's happening out in the field, then your customers can trust you. And that is really where we're headed in the long term is trying to say, how do we make company cam the best way for a contractor to trust what's happening inside their organization so that their customers can trust them so that their potential customers, the market can trust them. How do we become the best way for a contractor to build trust in the market? And 
that's what we are aiming at. And all of these features and all of this stuff is all pointing at, we want to help you be the most trusted contractor, uh, you know, in your area, basically. And that, so that sales pitch derailed. <laughs> I'm not doing great on my storytelling pitch here because I keep, I get excited and I talk about, and like, there's three other things I want to talk about, but I'm just going to skip them. Um, there's a lot of, you know, PDF photo reports. It's a lot you can do, but it's, you get it organized, you see it, and then we're going to try to help you put it to work in a way that otherwise you want to do, but would just be kind of difficult and tedious. And we're going to try to make it simple. Man, that's, that's so powerful. And I'm thinking, you know, if you have multiple teams out in the field and you have this the photo stream, right? You have this constant stream of, of people taking pictures throughout the day. You just encourage your teams to do that. In the office, project managers are watching these things happen as they go. And to your point earlier, like, wait, wait, wait a minute here. This boulder's not in the right place. It's supposed to be further over. Or maybe it's something is off and you can instantly hit somebody with it. If they're texting back and forth and the whole team doesn't see it, um, it, it could be a problem. So it's like you have eyes out there. It's almost like you have a drone watching it. If people are taking the pictures, but yeah, I yeah, love that idea. Yeah. yeah. We used to, our original tagline was a window from the office to the field. Yeah. Um, in the idea that, cause you can do it on the app, but it also streams. I think I was saying to your computer and I mean, the amount of times that we've seen someone, just something going wrong, not intentionally, but just it's starting to go wrong. And if you can stop it when it's starting to go mm -hmm. wrong versus when it's way wrong, yeah. <laughs> you'll be happy that you paid uh, 19 bucks for that person to be using our app, which by the way, our app is 19 bucks a person. That's amazing. Dude, that's like giving it away. Holy moly. The amount of money you'd save just in it's one what we're month. trying to do. Yeah, <laughs> I see that. No, it's, it's really impressive, man. It's I'm really impressed by what you're doing and, and, you know, with the cost of fuel now and the time, just automatically the amount of time people spend just trying to drive back and forth and look at projects when they could have their people in the field snapping pictures. And instead of forcing them to share them and say, oh, they're on your camera roll, George, come on, seriously, send them to me. I need to see them yet today. If it was live where they just went through the app and bang, 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 pictures went right to Mrs. Jones's folder and the entire staff could watch the progress throughout. Man, that is like being live on site with your office to your point window to the field. It, it is freaking amazing. So man, I'm excited as hell about this idea. I love this kind of thing. And uh, Luke, it's been it's been such a pleasure, you know, uh, chatting with you here. Is there anything else you want to talk about as far as the the app or, or anything like that before we wrap up? You know, no, I, I feel like I got I said a lot. I'm there actually is more I want to talk about because I, I could talk about this uh, at at length because I'm excited about it and we have other cool stuff coming down the line. But no, I mean, this is what what I really, truly believe. And this is why I don't feel bad selling it, so to speak, is it it really will help your business. We get people saying all the time, like, oh, this was a game changer. It's almost like they don't even know how to actually describe the way that it helped them. But it's yeah. like once you can see everything that's going on regularly and you have this like full history, visual history of everything you're doing, mm -hmm. it really changes how you run your business for a good way. But it's until you kind of try it, which you can't, I mean, it's free to try and everything until you try it. It's, it is hard to imagine. And that's been our hardest thing. I was talking about, you know, getting organized, but then we stumbled into this kind of seeing everything and how powerful that was when people, there is no category for visual communication software. Like no one's typing that into Google. People know they need accounting software, business management mm -hmm. software, that kind of stuff. And so we've been trying to figure out how to even talk about it. And we've been doing this for seven years and we can barely even explain um, the value of company cam. So um, if you're starting out and you don't have the perfect pitch, don't worry about it. You, you know, 
we're here seven years down the road, we're doing okay. And we still don't have the perfect pitch for this thing, even though we believe in it and we believe it's really helpful. Um, so, you know, th- there's room for you. <laughs> one, one last thought here I had is, as you were talking, you know, if you're constantly streaming pictures from the site and I've had this happen in the last 25 years in business and you get that one phone call three years later where Mrs. Jones tells, you, you know, I never had water in my basement and we just had a big rainstorm. So now I have water in my basement. It's your fault. And mm. you're like, well, Mrs. Jones has always been a low spot next to your house. And she's like, no, it's not. It's always been good. You go back and all these pictures that you're taking, you go back in the feed and you look and you're like, oh, look at that. There was a gully there before I started. You have all these, you're not trying to go through a camera roll six years, three years later, whatever, and trying to find that one picture. It all lives in her file, if you will, right? And you can see the entire progression. You can say, all right, here you go. If you're going to try to hit my insurance and sue me, I got a picture right here showing that there was a hole in water in it before we even started, right? And you're like, it's it's incredible what you could happen there. It's it's, You have it documented and organized. That is so important. It's really handy. Um, yeah. in, in that regard, yeah. because it, yeah, you, you don't have to go digging, you go and you're like, Oh, look, here's everything. And and it's like, you, you see, these are the people that were out there. This is when they were out there. This is what it looked like when they were out there. It's, it's timestamped yeah. it's geo tagged it's, and it's provably real, you know, yeah. it's not, yeah. and, and it's, it's shared. So, you know, it's real. They know it's real. And yes, it's like every day we're hearing a story around here. Oh yeah. Saved a thousand bucks. Cause we didn't have to put new gutters on or pay for someone's basement waterproofing. It, it yep. it's a big, big thing. It is, man. I love, I love that you're doing this and, and I know you're not going to give up. You're going to keep pushing for this because you know, you're already, besides your team you've built, you're going to, you've creating your own sector, your own market, your own thing, a solution that no one else is touching. And I love it. So brother, this has been amazing. Thank you for coming on and spending some time and telling us about your passion and what you're doing for the industry and anybody out there listening to this podcast. You know, if you guys have people out in the field and want a steady stream of information, it's as easy as point and click and everybody can take a picture on their phone and you get it as a steady stream coming through the office and you're like, holy crap, I see exactly what they're working on. Oh my God, why are they working on that today? Uh, I told them to work on this and now you're getting steady stream of this stuff. You can run a more effective, more efficient business because you're going to have the, the optics into the daily the day to day and not have to worry about taking all that precious time that you could be building your business and working on your business to go out and work in it. So this is a tool and at $19 a month is an absolute freaking steal. Thank you, Luke, for putting in so much time into this and you're going to change the world with this dude. I, I absolutely believe it. Absolutely believe it. So how can people find you? Um, companycam.com. So uh, we made a page okay. for you. So companycam.com slash outer spaces. Uh, you can do a free trial there and it gets you a little discount. If you decide it's something you want to run with, you get, I think you get two months at half off uh, through that companycam.com slash outer spaces. But Perfect. yeah, thank you. we would love if you checked it out. And Joshua, thanks for having me on. This was awesome. And I kind of feel like I need to listen to more of these because every time I stop talking, you would say something wise and <laughs> I'm out in the market for for wisdom. Nice. We can always tune in each week. We try to be as wise as we can. <laughs> you can Good. see the grace I'll coming in the beard more here. Wisdom. I think that's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you're so much older than me, like I said. Yeah, exactly. See, I've got a couple of years on you, and this is what happens, I suppose. But Luke, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on, and guys, thank you for listening to the Outer Spaces podcast. As you know, our goal is to bring amazing people on, like Luke, that can help you with your business, be more productive. To so ultimately, you can do more of what you love, right? Spend more time with your family, take more vacations, just be more present with them because ultimately that's what we do it for, right? 
We do it for them and we do it for our ability to impact the world. And if we end up at the end of the days with with no one around us because we just ran after money and we end up with just big piles of it, you know, it's, it's not going to be a great life. So the goal is to to do what's in your heart and grow and become, you know, more impactful as a human and what really drives you. So thank you again for listening and, um, you know, keep spreading the word. Our goal is two million contractors here to, uh, you know, impact and empower two million contractors in the next uh, four and a half years. So you guys have been amazing. You know, there's thousands listening to these podcasts and just keep sharing. If, if this is something that you think someone you know in business could really benefit from and it really should be shared to every business, um, share it. Send it to a friend and say, dude, this could solve your problem because this is amazing what Luke's working on over there and what they're doing. And then again, at, at 19 bucks, man, you can't, you can't beat it. So thanks again, Luke. And uh, everyone out there listening, we'll see you next week. 